Hi, I'm Larry Minetti, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about all the inside stuff that went on on Magnum P.I. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 86. I'm Brian Zemrak, and joining us this week is one of the co-stars of the 80s hit TV show, Magnum P.I. Larry Minetti joins us. That's right. Larry played Rick on the show, Magnum. He was one of Magnum's buddies, and uh, he's going to join us, and he's going to let us in on a lot of things that went on behind the scenes of the show, his career, uh, about his new book, or, or actually his re-released book, Aloha Magnum, which uh, he has just re-released. And it's a very interesting chat, and I hope you'll stick around for that, and it's coming up shortly right here on On Screen and Beyond. But first, um, I want to let everybody know, in case you haven't heard, that uh, actor Dennis Cole passed away this past week, and of course, Dennis starred in Felony Squad and uh, Bearcats, and he was a past guest on On Screen and Beyond, and um, you can hear him talk about his career and more on episode 44 if you'd like just go to onscreenandbeyond.com and click on past reruns button on the left and you'll find his interview there and uh, our thoughts go out to his family and uh, it's uh, he was a, a nice guy he was a, a nice person to interview and uh, we uh, you know we'll miss him dearly and uh, we also want to remind you that we're looking for people to send us reviews of movies they go to see and uh, you can even become a on Screen and Beyond Movie Review Crew Member. And uh, if you want to find out about that, look for complete details at onscreenandbeyond.com. And uh, stick around. We're going to be getting to that Larry Minetti interview coming up shortly. But coming up next, we are going to have Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. As far as Remake Madness, Eddie Murphy is involved with the remake of Fantasy Island. We've spoken about that. It's currently in development, and things are starting to move along, as far as we uh, have been told. And also, the popular video game Shadow of the Colossus is being developed, be remade into a big-screen film. And the teen-oriented books Cycler are about to be remade into a movie, or movies, and it's about a girl who turns into a boy a few days each month. That's something a little bit different. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next, rumored and upcoming movies right here on On Screen and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Upcoming movies, Eddie Murphy is attached as producer of a film called The Misadventures of Fluffy. And rumors are out that he could also star in the film. And it's about talking animals. Okay, so uh, we've sort of heard him do something like that before. But uh, we'll see what this one's going to be about. And the horror film called One by One will star Freddy vs. Jason's Douglas uh, Tate and Candyman's Tony Todd and Oscar nominee Sally Kirkland and it will feature a killer called Railroad Jack the Reaper who kills teens one by one of course and uh, in the past reruns of On Screen Beyond you can hear Sally Kirkland because she was a past guest on On Screen Beyond and she talks about her life in a very revealing interview you got to hear this one and uh, if uh, you haven't heard it yet I suggest you go out and listen to that one and Sean Connery will lend his voice to a CGI animated film called Sir Billy and Shirley Bassey who sang Goldfinger for of course the James Bond movie of the same name is going to sing the theme song for the new film sir billy and uh, that's something to look forward to and also if you'd like to hear a uh, interview with sean connery's son jason connery it's uh, just a couple of weeks ago we had jason on here and he talked about his career and he also talked about his father sean and uh, all sorts of stuff so you might want to check that one out we've got a lot of them out there all right that's about it for upcoming movies coming up next what's coming away as far as sequels right here taking you down to sequel city on on screen and beyond Sequel City, well, in sequel news, rumors are out that Julia Stiles may be joining the cast of Spider-Man 4. Of course, it's a rumor right now, but we'll keep you informed on that one. And Courtney Cox has revealed that she will be part of Scream 4, reprising her role as reporter Gail Weathers, along with her husband, David Arquette, as Sheriff Dewey Riley. And uh, they also tell us that uh, they may be part of Scream 5, and six so stay tuned we'll keep you informed that's about it for sequel city on on screen and beyond coming up next taking you to find out what's coming your way as far as tv on dvd right here on on screen and beyond TV on DVD, well, Season 1 of Barnaby Jones with Buddy Ebsen will be coming your way on February 16th. And on February 9th, look for The Patty Duke Show, Season 2 to come your way on DVD. And the sixth season of Project Runway will be released on February 23rd. That's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, what's coming your way on movies on DVD, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, as far as movies on DVD, November 24th from the House of the Mouse, Disney will release Santa Buddies, The Legend of Santa Paws. Something little for the holiday season for you. And Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is coming to DVD on that same date, November 24th. Of course, it has been released as a Blu-ray DVD combo pack, but now it's coming out just on DVD, so if you just have a DVD player, you can get that uh, alone. And uh, let's see, word is out that the Rocky Horror Picture Show will be coming your way on Blu-ray in 2010. We'll keep you updated when we get an exact date on that one. That's about it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next, we are going to take you back to Magnum P.I., one of the biggest TV shows ever made in Hawaii. They did that filming, and uh, Rick 
played by Larry Minetti, was part of that show, a big part of the show. And uh, he's going to be with us, and we're going to talk with him, find out all sorts of stuff about Magnum P.I. He was also on, of course, Baba Black Sheep, and he was also uh, in a whole bunch of other things, some movies. He, he spent a lot of time with a lot of great actors and actresses, and he's going to let us in on all those things. It's a great interview. Stick around. It's coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who is best known for his portrayal of Rick on Magnum P.I. He's been in so many other things. It's all in his new book called Aloha Magnum. It's Larry Minetti. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond, Larry. Oh, thank you, Brian. I'm just, it's just a pleasure to be on and, and to talk about the old days. Well, uh, I'll tell you, I had a chance to read the book, and it, it was fascinating. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Magnum and, and just TV and movies in general, and, and you've got so much in that book. It's unreal. Yeah. Well, you know, when I, when I was asked to do this book, I was uh, very hesitant, and I said, geez, how can I put everything into a book? And needless to say, the first draft, <laughs> the first draft was was uh, kind of rejected. They said you can't do this. I mean, I had everything in there, every everything that uh, that a bad boy would do. <laughs> so we we had to. Um, I don't know what the word is. I guess edit it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that that would I th- I would have thought that would be more interesting. You know, to have even more stuff in there. Because... Yeah. Well, my wife wasn't real pleased, so she said, you know, you you better. You better fix this book, or I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you. She was pretty upset. Well, from the book, I got the impression that when you were younger, that you you were in trouble once in a while. Well, I wasn't in bad trouble, and I well, want to explain that. So I don't want. To, I mean, I wasn't like a, a a juvenile delinquent that I pulled wings off of flies. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I came from a, a middle class family. And I have uh, three brothers and a sister, and uh, we were always up to mischievous things. And I love sports, and um, I was sent away to uh, military school when I was a kid. I think I was in second grade when I first went away, and then I went away again when I was in high school. So, um, you know, being around a lot of a lot of uh, boys, being in a school. You know, you guys. You know, guys are guys, and you're always up to mischievous things. And uh, you know, we were just like, I guess, like Tom Sawyer. What led you toward being an actor? Well, that's um, that's an interesting story because, and you know what, I can say this because I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that are listening that are at this point, if you're young and if you're like in your early 20s or your late teens that you don't know what you're going to do with your life. I was in in a real predicament and I had no idea whatsoever what I was going to do and it was um it was really really something that dwelled on my mind. And at that time I was dating a gal that was a supermodel and I don't want to give her name out cuz now she's uh, you know married with children. Mm-hmm. But I was dating her and um I was kind of a bum not working and living in this beautiful penthouse in Chicago at Lake Point Towers. And uh, she was going out to do a United Airlines commercial, 
and it was called five seat across. They had five seats across on this uh, body on this airline, and I got up early in the morning and went with her and watched her, watched her get makeup. And they, there was a guy that was supposedly going to do it with her that um, didn't show up, and he was about five foot eight, which is my size. And they needed a guy that wasn't big, so it would make the plane look bigger. Anyway, needless to say, he never showed up, and I still to this day have no idea what happened to him. But I know that I owe him my career, because I was his size, I was a decent-looking guy. And they said, here, would you do this for us? And there was no dialogue. She had all the dialogue, and all I had to do is sit in the seat next to her and smile. Hmm. And that was the beginning of the bug, and I got the bug to be an actor. I got checks from United Airlines. I got residuals, and I said, wow, this is the way to go. This is better than sitting behind a desk. Now, see, that that sounds like one of those Hollywood things where, you know, you fit the suit, you're going to be the, you know, you're going to be in this. Well, I mean, that's that's really, you know, what happened. But, you know, I mean, it's... Look, there's a lot of people out there that have uh, desires to be an actor when they're five. Right. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. and I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do or what I wanted to be. I didn't know if I wanted to be a public relations guy. You know, I knew one thing. I knew I didn't want to be dirty, yeah. and I didn't want to work in dirt. And uh, and that uh, the rest was history. Yeah. Now, were there people, you know, actors who inspired you after at at that point? You know, did you say, "Well, gee, I want to be like this person"? Yeah. Well, at that point, there were uh, actors that I looked up to, but you know, like anybody else did, that went to a a theater to watch movies. There were quite a few of them, and uh, but when I first started out, uh, there were uh, Robert Conrad was a big, big help in my career that Mm -hmm. uh, did a major push for me, and I believe that. in anything, no matter if you're an actor or if you're a grave digger, you got to have somebody there that's going to help you, to be nice to you, that's going to give you some advice, and so that you can, you know, make your way along. Yeah, I don't think that uh, in any venture in life that you can do it on your own without some kind of help. Oh yeah. Do you remember now what your first paid TV acting job was? Yeah, I do. I remember it was a show called Emergency. Oh. that Jack Webb uh, produced, yeah. and um, I can't remember to say who the actors were. I think Mitch Ryan was in it, or no, that was something else. Ra- Randy Mantooth, that's, uh, yeah. that's, I remember his name. And Robert But Ford. anyway, that was my first paying job, and I remember I got up early in the morning, and I lived in a little apartment in... Um, in uh, Brentwood, California, and I drove to Universal Studios. I stopped in a coffee shop, had coffee. I couldn't stop shaking. And uh, then I realized I was drinking coffee, and I said, dumb, 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 and uh, drove to the lot. I remember the first day and drove through the gate at the lot, and I went, wow, and uh, parked the car and uh, went to um, makeup. And in the makeup room in those days, it was like a half a block long, and in some of the chairs, I remember I saw Cary Grant in one chair. But uh, wow. all the, there was a, Universal Studios at that time was the biggest studio in the world. Yeah. So I was assigned my chair, got my makeup, and then uh, went to um, a stage and reported to the assistant director. And um, I did my scene, which consisted of two lines. 
I bolted out the door, went to the back of the studio, I mean, the back of the stage, and vomited. <laughs> I, I remember that. I, I I was that that nervous and that that uptight. Yeah. And this is the thing that you learn through the years, because I can't tell you how many times, numerous times, I've been asked by young actors and actresses, "When do you stop shaking? When do, when does the nervousness go away?" Well, it goes away finally, and mine went away, you know, after a couple of years. But I I do believe that if you don't have some nerves in your body and you're not a little bit nervous and, and on your toes that uh, you're not going to be any good. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Now, uh, Baba Black Sheep, that was one of the first, uh, I don't want to say it was your first, you know, one. Well, no, Black actually Sheep. my first, uh, oh boy, the first sh- series that I did was short-lived. And um, I try to remember the name of it. I Maybe if we go back later, I can but um, I, I was um, on the Universal lot after emergency, sitting in the commissary, and Jack Webb walked up uh, to the counter, and I was there at lunchtime. And in those days, you could just go, you know, go on the, go on the lot. I mean, you, you didn't have to uh, have your car checked for bombs and all since the yeah. terrorists started. Mm-hmm. So I, I went, oh wow, that's Jack Webb. You know, I was impressed as anybody else. Oh, yeah. And he walked up to me and he said, hey, are you under contract? I said, well, uh, no. He said, are you an actor? Yes, sir. Come with me. And he grabbed me and he pulled, he pulled me out of the commissary. I followed him to the um, administration building and he introduced me to um, a guy. And the guy handed me some sheets and he said, go in there and learn these. And the next thing I know, I was, I was learning lines. And uh, when I was finished, sent to Jack Webb's office, and he read something to me. I read it back. He said, go to makeup and get on the truck, and I was away, and that, there I was. That was really the start of my career because I was on this van going to do a television series and found out en route to the location that the entire cast was fired because they held up the studio and Jack Webb for more money, and they fired them all on the spot and hired new, new people, which I was one of. Huh. You know, it's funny because I've, I've talked to a lot of different actors, and they all have similar experiences with Jack Webb where he's just, you know, he, he just grabs him and says, you know, do this. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was the nicest, one of the nicest men that I've ever met. He yeah. was just just a sweet human being, but a nice, nice man. He seemed to know what he wanted. And, and yeah, he knew exactly what he wanted. And, and you know what? You didn't, you didn't mess with him. I mean, he did a, a movie that he played a drill sergeant in that, was something that should have been in a cartoon, you know, with a guy with, with a beard and a cigar sticking out of his mouth. But he was a tough hombre. Yeah, jeez. With Bob Bob Black Sheep, uh, the cast on that, uh, Robert Conrad was well known, but the rest of the cast, they all seem, a lot of them seem to go on to bigger and better things. Like you went to Magnum PI, and then um, yeah. You know, well, we were all all unknowns, obviously. At that time, yeah. And Baba Black Sheep, yeah. And I think they paid us twelve hundred a week, hmm. and we we worked our butts off, and we were all under contract. <clears throat> and there was James Whitmore, uh, Dirk Blocker, yeah, Jeff Sam. McKay, W. K. Stratton, Bob Ginty, who passed away. Jeff McKay, by the way, passed away. Um, and. Uh, we worked, like I said, uh, most of these guys were all um, acclaimed actors as it goes. They had uh, 
stage experience. They had a hell of a lot more experience than me. And I was presently in an acting school, but uh, I remember the first day that I started, they all came in over to my dressing room and said, we want to talk to you. And it was like one of these things I was going, are you guys going to, you know, jump on me? And what are you going to do? They were all, we were all in uniform. We were playing World War II Marines. Right, yeah. So, but uh, we talked we talked about different things, and I I leveled and said, you know, my experience is not what you guys have, and I feel a little awkward. And they says, don't worry, we're going to help you along. Where if I had been a, a smart ass and said, you know, drop dead, and I'm as good or I'm better than you, I think I would have been really shooting myself in the foot. But instead, I took the other way and told them, you know, that I'm not what they are. And they were, and to this day, they're all brothers. Hmm. Yeah. Gee. And now after that, that show, um, it's surprising because, you know, I, I remember you from that show, Baba Black Sheep. Oh. Um, but I don't remember that you were on Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I, Brian, I did tons and tons of stuff. And you oh, know, yeah. it, it was, a, that was another Great little trip down memory lane, you know. I did Battlestar uh, Galactica, and um, God, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, one of the guy, the the guy that was my partner on is on these um, these direct TV commercials now. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, that was uh, you know when you're under contract to a studio, they put you in anything. One day I was sweeping a broom, the next day I was uh, brushing a horse. Right, yeah. You know, so I mean, it, you go in, you get your assignment, and you go to work. And that's another thing that's a dead issue. I think I was the last contract player at uh, Universal Studios. Oh, really? Yeah, that was the end, yeah. of, the, the, end of the era there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, when Ed were... Begley, that, I'm sorry, that's, oh, Ed that's Begley. the guy's name. Ed Begley was junior, was the guy that I was with. Yes, yes. On okay. uh, Galactica. Now, uh, Early in your career, you had the opportunity to work with some huge producers and, and writers and directors like Stephen J. Cannell, uh, Don Belisaro, and uh, right, right, uh, yeah. Glenn Larson. I mean, and, and you worked several times on on some big shows for them, like yeah. Rockwood Files. Well, I, I I think I counted them. I think up to date, I've done about four hundred and eighty-seven hours of film. Wow, <laughs> that's like four hundred eighty-seven movies. Jeez, that's unreal. Yeah, I know. I get tired just thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, like you say, reading the book, there's all these things that come out as I'm reading it. And, uh, you know, you've done so many things, and you've worked with a lot of different actors, like Sinatra. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Frank uh, Frank Sinatra is one of the highlights of my life. Did you know Frank uh, before... Well, I'm glad you asked that because uh, I, I literally met Frank. This is a <laughs> this is a story that nobody knows. I met Frank when I was 12 years old in uh, a suburb in Chicago, and um, I was a, a caddy that I used to. Um, in those days, you could hitchhike and not get killed. Right. But I used to hitchhike my way out to the country club. And we'd take numbers, and uh, whoever was there, you know, you were assigned, and that's it. Well, I was there one day, and he was there as a guest to somebody, and uh, I wind up with Frank Sinatra. Well, I I know who Frank Sinatra was. I mean, he, he, let's. I mean, he's probably one of the biggest stars in the world. Oh yeah. And I went, oh my God. 
Anyway, I caddied, kept my mouth shut, and uh, he gave me like a $100 bill. And a $100 bill to a 12-year-old kid mm. is, you know, like giving him a, a candy factory. So, <laughs> I mean, I was very happy, and I, um, I thought I'd never see him again. Yeah. And then um, towards the end of the summer, there he is again, And but I didn't get the number. And I get, came, went to this kid, and I said, listen, I want you to switch places with me. I'll give you $50. <laughs> So he said, what? I said, I'll get, well, he didn't know Frank Sinatra was there. So I said, I'll give you $50. So that's not $50 plus whatever he got on his next uh, round. Mm-hmm. So I gave him the 50 bucks, and I went out, and there was Frank. And when we were done, Frank kind of remembered me for the first time. But he, he said, you know, if you, ever, if you ever get to L.A., look me up. And I remember he told me how to find him because he said, just all you have to do is ask information for Mickey Rudin. That was his attorney. So, and I never forgot the name, Mickey Rudin. So that's really how uh, Frank and I uh, hooked up again together when I came out to be an actor. Wow, that that's interesting. I, like you say, I didn't see that in the book. And <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know if that's in the book or not. I, By I, the I, way, if uh, somebody's out there and they're listening and you want the book, yes, all you have to do is just hit Larry Manetti dot com. And that's they can get and all the information is there as to how to get it, where to send your check, and everything. It's it's all stuff a, a two year old child can follow it. So just hit LarryManetti.com. Yeah, and what we'll do is on our website where we'll post this uh, interview is what we'll do is we'll post a link directly to your site so they can just yeah. click on that and go. And right if you're to in it. Europe, uh, there's uh, instructions as to what to do. You you the book is now available to. Uh, People that live in Europe, it wasn't free before, but I found a way. So now you guys that uh, want the book and are interested, it's available now for the Europeans. Great, because we have a large listening audience out in, in Europe also. Oh, wonderful. Now, uh, as far as uh, Magnum, I mean, let's face it, that's the show that uh, you know really skyrocketed you. Uh, and, and, uh, I want to take a, a second here and give you a couple of emails that people have sent in, um, if you don't mind. Oh, okay, by all means. Uh, let's see here. We have uh, we got a lot of emails, and I'll only do a couple, though, here. But uh, we have um, Sam from Boston, and it says, uh, Do you think there will ever be a reunion show of Magnum P.I.? Well, Sam, I can only tell you this. Every year I hope and pray that there is. <laughs> um <laughs> Everybody wants to do it. I spoke to John Hillerman, who played Higgins oh, a couple of months ago, and he's 75 years old, and uh, he's ready and able. It's, um, it's not up to us. It's up to the studio and up to the people out there. And I think if uh, somebody like you and, oh, maybe a couple hundred more people like you uh, write letters to uh, Universal Studios, who the Universal Studios are the sole owner of Magnum PI? They'll get the light, mm-hmm. but um, it just for some reason there's um, they can't make Magnum without Selleck. I could tell you that now. Right. Yeah. That's like that's like somebody trying to replace Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, we we really planted a, a concrete image there, but um, I, I hope just like you. So. And, and, and one thing I noticed that in the last few years, well, uh, not last few years, actually, ever since Magnum went off, but they've been talking about doing a movie. Um, and now lately it's been coming back again where they're saying that they might make another movie. Uh, but there's talk of not putting 
Tom Selleck as Magnum. And, and well, I, I just answered that for you. Yeah, right? it doesn't I mean, make sense. There, there, uh, there's uh, McConaughey that uh, was up, and uh, George Clooney. None of these guys can fit the shoes of Selleck. I mean, yeah. it's like watching body bags float down the Nile River. <laughs> I mean, there's no way, and I might be, be being mean, but when I say this, I know for a fact there's nobody that can replace him. And if they do with him without me and without Roger E. Mosley and John Ellerman, it's just stupid. It's like it's like uh, making a doll without arms. Yeah, it just wouldn't be the same. No, no way. it's just not going to work. So, I mean, it's, if they want to do it, they got to move, and they better move quick because, you know, that's, that show's 20 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, we got another email here from Jonathan from Sweden. And he says, Mr. Minetti, Magnum was my favorite show. Uh, were all the cast members friends off camera as well? Oh, yeah. There's, uh, Jonathan, believe me when I tell you, that show would never be as good as it was without the relationship that we had because the camera doesn't lie. And uh, we were all chumps. It was just a gift of God that when they cast this, this show that, uh, that we just fit the puzzle and um, we're still friends. I have dinner with uh, Tom Selleck and Roger e. Mosley uh, frequently. I had him here at the house for a dinner party. And uh, there's just uh, my house is like a museum. I mean, you name it, every actor in, in the business has been here for dinner or a party. Mm. But uh, John Hillerman lives in um, Houston, Texas, so it's difficult to to you know be be uh, have dinner and lunch with him. But yeah. We speak. Hmm. And we have another email here from Cindy from Hilo. So, in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it says, when you were in Hawaii, did you have a chance to visit all the other islands? And if so, which was your favorite? Well, my favorite island was Kauai. Kauai, yeah. Yeah, and Kauai at the time, I uh, remember it didn't have telephones and there was no television sets. It was a real neat place and the beaches were gorgeous. I mean, it was uh, it was like it was like sailing up there in like the 1700s. Mm. Yeah, it was really gorgeous, and I've been to all the other islands. Hawaii is a gorgeous, gorgeous place. You know, it's in the it's in the middle of the South Pacific, and um, if you haven't been there, I highly suggest you go. You know, at some point, and they make it pretty reasonable now. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, um, I'm glad I lived there for nine years. So, I mean, it's not the first destination I want to hit if I want to take a vacation. Right. <laughs> but uh, I could, I could advise anybody that uh, if they really want to go to see a beautiful place and breathe beautiful fresh air and see this, see the, um, well, I don't know, the palm trees and all. It's, right. uh, it's worth it. Diamond Head. Did you ever, did you ever climb Diamond Head in the show? Or, no, or? I didn't. I'm not that adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. just a big, you know, it's a volcano. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Now, you mentioned at the beginning of the book, um, I mean, in the book, you mentioned at the beginning of Magnum that CBS wasn't happy with your character? No, CBS, well, it's kind of, a, they wrote my character to be a guy that, uh, obviously, I was in Vietnam, and I was a gun expert, and I was with Selick and Roger E. Mosley. And we were all partners in the um, in the service, and we all wore the cross of Lorraine, which is the ring that we wore on the show. And anybody that's a fan of the shows knows what I'm talking about. And um, I had this fixation. 
that I was Humphrey Bogart, you know, of all the gin joints in the world, you know, and I would say these goofy lines. And I looked like I was 12 years old and I had on a white uh, dinner jacket mm-hmm. that Bogey wore in Casablanca. Yeah. And it was a throwback to Casablanca with me. And uh, they would look at this and they didn't expect to see this. And they said, come on, you know, uh, we, we can't have this. You know, we, we can get away with him looking young, but we can't get away with him sitting at a bar in a white sport coat pretending he's Humphrey Bogart smoking a lucky strike. So they had to um, think on their feet quick because I was going to be gone. And um, I just said, look, leave me alone. Let me play myself. And that's a hard thing to do as an actor, to to just play you. Yeah. And um, anyway, I did, and that's the, it, the ball was carried, so... Yeah. Now, in the book, you also mentioned that Robert Wagner gave you your first big break. Now, Robert yeah, he was gave a guest. Me a big break. Yeah, he was a guest on our show, and, and uh, so it's interesting to hear you know cross references like that. Yeah, so. R.J. is a good friend of mine, and since that day, I think it was a show called Switch. Yeah, Switch. And um, he gave me. I saw him on the lot at Universal, and uh, I said to him, I said, you know, I'm a big fan of yours, and uh, and I was. I mean, I wasn't blowing smoke. Yeah. And uh, he's just standing there staring at me. And I said, uh, I really would like to do your show. But, you know, when you're on your contract, you know, they give you a line here or two lines here. I'm pushing a broom or I'm climbing up a, a wall to go through a window. I said, I'd really have, like to have a chance uh, of a good role. Well, lo and behold, I, he does it. And I get, I get this part that uh, made my teeth shatter because I was a bomb expert and I had to come up with all this elect- electrical lingo and spit it out it was like three pages of this stuff yeah you know i wanted to say hey rj gee i wanted a break but not this big but anyway i did it got through it and it went well so it worked and i love him dearly he's just a sweet guy yeah he's a very nice guy yeah yeah and uh in the book there's a, a quite a bit about directors and, and and producers that you worked with but one thing that i found interesting uh, because i happen to know this person um alan j levy uh, yeah, Alan Levy. Yeah, Alan. Um, I, I, I see Alan almost once, you know, once a year, and uh, he, he's a great guy, and uh, he's been a guest on the show. And you spend a lot of time uh, in the book about Alan because uh, he he's worked with you quite a bit, I guess. Well, he worked a lot. He was one of the resident directors on Magnum, and uh, I don't think I worked on anything else with him, but he did quite a few Magnums, mm-hmm. and um, he became a friend, and he still is. And when uh, Sinatra, I got Frank to do the show, he was the one that I wanted to direct because Frank was a very, very tough uh, guy to d- direct. He was cantankerous, and, you know, if he, mm-hmm. if he didn't uh, do it on the first take, he would say, you know, something's wrong. Or, and Alan had the personality to uh, you know, abide by this, whereas some directors don't. So yeah, yeah. that's yeah, how that, that came together. That was a very interesting segment in the book where you talk about how he worked with Sinatra and you guys were all involved with the with the taping there and everything. And then yeah, that was fun. I'm going to tell you. When, when, you, when you people buy the book and read this book, I can guarantee you one thing. You're not going to be sorry. If you are, send it back. I'll give your money back. It's a five-star book. It's um, it's there's nothing held back. It's everything that uh, you want to want to read, and you'll tell you'll tell your friends. I mean, it's going to keep you up at night laughing. Oh yeah, and and uh, like I say, the the stories are very interesting. All it's in, in the the book, and the other thing that you had in there that was interesting was the recipes. Yeah, well, and that's the, right. Uh, you know, it's, the reason I put those in, and 
I really don't have a real reason. I, I mean, it, it was something that you don't put uh, Italian recipes in the back of a of an autobiography. But I wanted to, and I'm, I love to cook. I've had restaurants, and I cook all the time here. And I just uh, and I I just wanted to share it with uh, people, so I put it in. Plus, I have a a directory and an index in that book where you can look up any show that you've seen, and it'll tell you everybody that's in it. Yeah, the episode guide that was really yeah. interesting too. Yeah, yeah, and that that I'm telling you that that was a big big labor, boy. Oh, I can imagine. Jeez, yeah, and, and that, you, that book is something. You put little notes about uh, the, the different actors who were in each episode and everything. It, it took a yeah. lot of time, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> And and I wanted before I talked with you, I wanted to try to make one of those recipes so I could say, you know, this was good. I like this, you know, but I didn't get a chance to. But I planned to. That's a, it's a, some some good recipes in there that, that look like they'll be good. They'll be they're excellent. I could tell you that. Just follow what I wrote, and yeah. uh, you'll have a good dinner. Yeah. Well, we're going to finish up uh, here, but I, I just got a couple more things. If you got a moment, um, yes. one of the things I, I want to do. This is sort of off the book and everything. This is just so people get to know Larry the person. Um, can you tell us two of your favorite TV shows? Either now, now you mean any time. Your favorite TV shows of all of all. Yeah, you know, I love. Uh, uh, L.A. Uh, L.A. Confidential. Mm-hmm. No, L.A. Law. L.A. Law. I'm sorry. And I love Criminal Minds. Ah, yeah. And um, besides those two, oh, and I love uh, Three Three and a Half Men. Oh yes. With Marty Sheehan, <laughs> and uh, I I am an avid watcher of the History Channel and National Geographic. Ah, okay. And now, as far as movies, and this, you know, of course, movies have been around for a long time. So, what would be your two favorite movies? Oh wow! I mean, <laughs> there's just so many. I know. <laughs> um, and now you're stumping me because I can't. Well, Red River's one with John Wayne, John that's Wayne, old, yes. and that, means that, that was made way before I was born. Yep. And Casablanca with Humphrey Bogart uh, is another that I love, mm-hmm. that yeah. I never miss. And um, I can't remember, the, I mean, I could, I could visualize the, the picture, but I can't remember the titles. Yeah. Uh, the High and the Mighty, that's another one that was old, that was way you know, before I was born. Yeah. The uh, things that I like to watch today... Our uh, Clint Eastwood's movies, I think his movies are really, really uh, well made. Mm-hmm. Things with Morgan Freeman, I like to watch. Um, a lot of the actors today, and I'm not trying to be cruel, I mean, are just not like the actors of yesteryear. No, I understand. The James Cagneys and the guys that were around that we all watch daily, that, you know, we weren't born yet, but the, these guys were real, real, real actors. I mean, it was something that, you know, you wanted to. You felt like you knew him, like you, you, you maybe you put the same kind of a suit on yeah. when you went out. Yeah, and and if people want to, you mentioned James Cagney in the book. You met James Cagney, and people can read the book by getting yeah. it uh, going to your website. Yeah, and uh, once again, what's the website? The web. All you need to do is hit LarryMinetti.com. That's so simple. It's LarryMinetti.com. And uh, it'll have it right there on the uh, website as to what to do to order the book. The book is $20, and I asked for $5 for shipping shipping and handling. And believe me, at $5, uh, it might even cost me a little bit more because it's expensive to box the book and all. So mm-hmm. you guys got a great deal. And the only reason that I brought the book back is there were so many requests 
after the book was sold out and people who were so disappointed they were selling the book at a minimum of a hundred dollars on amazon.com used i saw that yeah yeah. yeah, and and I said I can't have people being ripped off like this. It's not the right thing to do. So now I have it back. I have, and we're putting it out so you can have as many and buy as many for your friends as you want. And don't worry, there'll be plenty of them. Yeah, and I, I highly recommend it. And I tell you know urge everybody to go. We'll have a link on the website so they can get right to your site. And uh, it's it's a very interesting book. And and you know make. Make some recipes. Do some of the recipes in the back. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Brian. And we'll do this again sometime. Larry, yes. I appreciate you taking the time to, to do and this if, for us. Um, and I want to probably be the first to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. And I want to thank Larry Minetti so much for taking the time to talk with us. He's a great guy. And uh, be sure to check out his book, Aloha Magnum. It's full of great stories. I read it. It's uh, got so much in it. There's uh, a lot of stuff about Magnum P.I. There's stuff about when he was on Battlestar Galactica. Uh, also, uh, Baba Black Sheep. And a lot of actors he knew throughout his uh, career and also of course there's some great recipes on there if you like some food recipes he's got them in there he's got the magnum pi episode guide with uh, little notes that he's written on there about those actors and people who were in each episode it's a fascinating book if you are a a uh, person who likes to find out what goes on on tv shows this in movies too this is a book for you i'll tell you it's very interesting it's a lot of fun too and uh, to get it, you can go to LarryMinetti.com, and you can uh, order it direct from Larry. You can, of course, get it other places like Amazon, but if you get it direct from Larry, uh, he will autograph it, it says, and uh, you know you can get it straight from him right through his webpage. So you'll want to check that out. Of course, on our webpage, we'll have a little link there, so you can just click on it. It'll take you right to his webpage. And, uh so, that's about it. Uh, thanks for listening, and I hope you're going to join us next week for another very interesting interview coming away from On Screen and Beyond. Till then, this is Brian. Take care.